0: in the Olympics, hadn't we? How they're out there, and some of them, you can tell, they got bandages on things. <laughs> they got parts of their bodies bandaged up, but what's pulling them through? That vision. That, they got a picture in their mind of that gold medal, and that vision pulls them through and makes them do things that if without a vision, they'd go home and lay on the couch. Hallelujah. And vision will pull you through. And you know, I tell you what, if if the devil ever attacks your body with sickness, it's good to have a vision, because it'll pull you through. It'll pull you through. I guarantee you, it'll pull you through. Uh, Let's start this morning. I want to talk about this morning, you know, let's see, like over a month ago, before all the guest speakers, I was talking about, uh, I was talking about something, I was talking about uh, your assignment, I think it was, something to do with your assignment. Then we had two guest speakers, and then Pastor was in... Uh, Coker for two weeks, but he talked about vision. He kept us on track, didn't he? And so uh, this morning I'm going to continue what I started and uh, about discerning your assignment. And uh, because I hadn't even when the two weeks I did it, I hadn't even gotten to the good part yet. And now I'm getting to the good part. Today you get the good part. So uh, we're going to talk about discerning your assignment. And I want you to turn to first Kings chapter 17 Glory to God. We're going to look at quite a few scriptures this morning because one of my main purposes this morning is to show you without a doubt and convince you without a doubt that God has a purpose. He has a specific purpose, a specific destiny, a specific assignment for your life. A lot of people are just too general in their thinking when it comes to what God has for them. And so, you know, they just kind of think, well, you know, God doesn't really care. As long as I do something that's not immoral, You know, in something that's, you know, moral and upright then he really just doesn't care what I do. But really that is not true because God has a specific plan, a specific assignment. The universe is so ordered, so de- detailed, so determined. Listen, the sun comes up so definite that um, the the weatherman will tell you, if you watch the weather at night, he'll tell you what time in the morning that the sun is going to come up. He'll tell you what time the sun is going to set. The things of the universe are so detailed and so predetermined and so ordered and you know god only created these things for us so how much more how much more i mean god's not more detailed about the sun and the moon coming up and the phases of the moon and all of those things and the tide they know when the tide's going to come in down at gulf shores you know they know if it's going to be high tide or low tide they know those things don't they And He's not more detailed about those things than He is about the apple of His eye, His creation. He created it all for us. It's all just there for our pleasure, for our enjoyment, and to minister to us and to help us. And it's it's just there for us. And so if He's that detailed... On those things, he's far more detailed in the plans that he has for you, and the and the predetermined destiny for your life, and it's a destiny that you will love. First Kings chapter seventeen. Verse 2, we'll start there. And the word of the Lord came unto him, Elijah is speaking of, saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I like that word there. Everybody needs to find their there. Everybody has a There. And when you find the there, you find that God um, has provision for you in your there. Uh, there uh, and Let's read to verse 6 then. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. He went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, and that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And so we see that there was God's provision in his there but he had to go to there. And wherever there is for you, there will be God's provision in it. Um, When it says there, he commanded the ravens, when I looked that up and looked in the uh, Strong's and was looking at the meanings, the fullness of the meanings of that, it's talking about the commitment. There's a commitment there that God said, I commit to you there. When you get there, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you. Then drop down to verse 9 of of chapter 17. And uh, after the the brook dried up, he said to him, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And so uh, that word sustain means to feed. It means to keep, to maintain, to guide, and to make provision. Even the word... sustain means not only to feed and to to make provision but to guide and you've heard before I think you probably have heard this little saying where God guides he provides and all of that is contained in this where God uh, I have commanded the ravens there to feed you I have commanded a widow it's not really important God doesn't have a problem with, with committing to you and getting it to you it may be ravens it may be a widow it may be something else it doesn't really matter what it is the important part is that you're there and that God is committed to you at that place. Amen. And so if you've heard that saying where God guides, he provides, it really comes out of this verse. I mean, it comes, the meanings of that are all in this verse that he not only guides you there, he provides you there and God will never guide you somewhere that he doesn't provide for you. Hallelujah. So it's important to be guided so that you can be provided for. And uh, that word drink, he not only gave them food, he said, I'll feed you, but he said you can drink from the brook. That drink there is symbolic of refreshment and refreshing. So you not only get the food and, you know, know, the provision, but you get refreshment. And and there's more to to drinking than just being wet. There's refreshment. Coca-Cola knows that, you know. They say it's not just to make you wet; it's the drink that refreshes. Isn't that part of there? There's a refreshment to drinking, and so uh, and when we drink spiritually, it refreshes us. Hallelujah! When we drink, when we drink water or or a liquid, it refreshes us. And so there's refreshment. It's symbolic that that you're going to be refreshed. You're going to be uh, happy. You're going to be, you know, uh, built up. Hallelujah. In that place. Not just a surviving place, but a refreshment place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 13. There's a place. There's a there. Hallelujah. And all throughout the Scriptures, we see God instructing His people to go to specific places, to go to theirs. <laughs> They're theirs. And everybody's there is different. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. De- Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 13. He said, "...and He will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep in the land." Which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. See, he's got all these blessings, all these provisions for him. But where is it? It's in the land. There's a specific place. There's a there. In the land that I have swore to give to your fathers, in that land, in that place, in that there, here's all these blessings that are going to come upon you. And then he goes on in verse 14, Thou shalt be blessed above all people. I believe the peop- that people that are in there there are blessed above all people. I've seen them and I've seen it in my own life and and uh, compared myself to others and, and, and because I know I'm in my there and, and, and I have a blessing. I have a refreshing on me that sometimes I don't see in other people's lives because they're not in their there. Hallelujah. So he said, thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And you know, this speaks of, uh, not only having children and not being barren, but not being barren, being fruitful in what, you know, you'll bear fruit. You know, there'll be there'll be some worth to what you do. There'll be some accomplishment. You'll bear fruit. You won't be barren, and but be, you'll bear some good fruit. Hallelujah. In verse 15, And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. Now, we don't walk under that same covenant, but I do believe there's some truth in the fact that when you get and you're there, that it's not, that it's not only a prosperous place, it's not only a happy place, a place of refreshing, but it's a healthy place. And one of the reasons there is so healthy and and you, and you have a health there is because there's when you get in your there and you're depending upon God and you know you're in the will of God, it takes a lot of the stress of life away. And it takes a lot of the the, the unhappiness of life. And those are the things that doctors will tell you that that's what really what a lot of sickness comes from is just stress and and those things. So the you're there is a healthy place for you. Amen? And if you're in a place that in your life and you're not, you have not been, you've been consistently just believing in God but can't get on the top of health, you ought to go back and examine and see if you're in the right there. And the same with prosperity. If there's just never a flow, there's just, it's just, and I know there's now, let me tell you, there's trials and you're there. There's mountains to move, there's things to overcome, there's a Hallelujah. There's obstacles to come over. But still, there's still a flow. There's a progression. There's a, there's a, there's a, there is a prosperity there. And if there is never a flow, never a progression, never a going forward, then you ought to look and see, am I in my there? Have I really listened and obeyed God and found my there? Or maybe you didn't find your there because you were one of those general people. You know, my grandfather said to me when I was younger, "said God don't care where you live," but he—that wasn't true. I mean, he thought as long as you went to first the first Baptist church and as long as they had one, he didn't care if you live where they lived as long as there was a Baptist. But God does care where you live, and there is a there for you, and there is a spiritual refreshing for you in your there. Hallelujah. We've been studying on Tuesday night in Cottondale, spirit, soul, and body. We've been learning, one of the main things we've been learning is that God is far more interested in the spirit man than he is any of the other two parts. That the spirit man is the real you. And so God will never send you to a there where the spirit man would be starved absolutely to death. That can't be his there because the spirit man is who he's most interested in. He's most interested in the real you, the spirit man. And so he don't send people to places to work for some oil company or something. And man, they're going to perish and dry up spiritually. Oh, they're going to go to Saudi Arabia. They're going to make, uh, you know, those oil people that go to Saudi Arabia and those places, they make tremendous amounts of money every month. But did anybody mention that you're going to dry up spiritually over there? And I've never known one of those oil guys that went to Saudi Arabia to have a penny more than everybody else when they got home. There's just something about not being in your there. that, And there's something about not having spiritual food that causes you, you could make tons of money, and there's something about it, you don't have it. You just don't have it. And we know some people personally that have, you know, taken their family and lived in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, hallelujah, praise God if it's you're there. You know, I'm amazed when missionaries find they're there. And you know, I go, this isn't my there. But boy, I tell you, I've been seeing some missionaries that were so happy in places in Russia that I'm going, I couldn't live here. Why? Because it's not my there. But because it's their there, they're, 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 they're in heaven. And so where God sends you, He provides. But He doesn't just provide financially and He doesn't just feed you physically. There'll be, there'll be spiritual provision in your there. Amen. There's spiritual food at your there. Turn to Psalm. Oh no, are we in Deuteronomy? No, turn to Psalm 92. I'm through with Deuteronomy. Yeah, let's go to Psalm 92. Psalm 92: 12. You know, you not only have to find you're there, but you have to know you're in your there. A lot of people are in their there, but they don't even know they're in their there. Y'all know what I'm saying? They're there and a lot of people look around and go, You're there. You're there. But other people, but they're like, I wonder where I'm supposed to be. I don't, you know, kind of like that. Who am I? Where am I? What am I? You know. They're out, they're just spaced out. They don't know they're there. They're not seeing the blessing. They're not seeing the good hand of God. They're not they're not discerning it. You need to you need to find you're there, but you need to know when you're there. Psalm 92, 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah for that spiritual place that's there. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Let me just just listen. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, steady, upright, useful, and fruitful. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap of spiritual vitality and rich in the verdure of trust, love, and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promise. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in Him. Man, when you get to there you become uh, so full of, I like that, full of sap. Full of sap and spiritual vitality. Rich in trust and love and contentment. I tell you, that sounds godly, doesn't it? And then living memorial. You become a living memorial. People can see the goodness of God in your life. You are a living memorial that just shows how good God is. That's what happens when you find you're there. Uh Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Romans 8:28. 20 and this is a familiar scripture to you, but let me just uh show it to you here from this perspective. And it says and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I think that the most important thing about this verse is the part that says called according to his purpose. Because I have found from experience and from watching others that uh, it's not enough just to love God. That just loving God's not going to give you the victory. I think loving God's important. I admire people that love God. I've said that the the Lord showed me about Tuscaloosa County. He showed me it's a a county full of God-loving people. It's a county full of God-fearing people. I believe that with really bad doctrine. They're God loving, they're God fearing. They got really bad doctrine. They really do. That's really all that's wrong. These people love God. They fear most of the county. You look. This is the Bible Belt, and Tuscaloosa County is, I believe, the buckle on the Bible Belt. I mean, we're the buckle. Hallelujah! They say it, that you know, in this vicinity, that's it. In this town, they love God and they fear God, but they got some bad doctrine. They think God did it to them. God's given them their problems. God's picked their roses from their children. See, they they got some bad doctrine. Hallelujah. But right here, so it's not enough just to love God. You've got to be called according to His purpose. If you're going to have victory in life, and if you're going to have, uh, if you're going to pull it all together, you're going to have to know His purpose. He has a purpose for you you got to get in his purpose you got to know what it is all things will work together things will start working when you get in his purpose it'll start growing it'll start making progress won't be perfect won't be won't mean that you won't encounter a mountain won't mean that things won't be difficult sometimes they will be difficult sometimes the devil fights us against God's purpose doesn't he but it will mean that there will be progression. There will be progression. And I believe that there is a, uh, there's a contentment but not a satisfaction. Paul said, I've learned to be content in all things. That even when we're going through a trial, we're not satisfied when we're in a trial. We're not happy about it. And we're not satisfied without the full vision, but we are content content in the, in the walk that we walk. We walk a walk. It's a faith walk. It's not a, just a, a faith explosion. It, we walk by faith. We don't have an explosion of faith and, oh, we believed and pow. No, we walk by faith. And so it's a faith walk. And in our faith walk, we make a progression. We make progress and there's a contentment in that walk. Even though we're not at our goal, we're not there, we don't have everything that God has promised yet, we're still content. And we have a divine contentment on us because we know we're walking out His purposes. We're progressing. Joy, there's joy and contentment in the will of God, in spite of the trials. There are trials in the will of God. Why? Because there's giants in the land. Remember when they went into the promised land? Remember they had to they had to defeat some giants in that land. There was some bad. There was the bounty. Remember the grapes that they had to one one uh, one cluster of grapes that they had to carry between two men. So big. Hallelujah. Now that's fruit. Amen. I'd like to taste tasted that, wouldn't you? Hallelujah. And uh, so they had some. There was the bounty was there. The blessing was there. But there were the giants in the land. There were things that had to be overcome. And you're there. There's going to be some giants. There's going to be some things that have to be overcome. And you're there. But hallelujah, there's a divine commitment. There's a progress. There's a joy. Hallelujah. Because you're in the will of God. You can't be in the will of God and not have peace. If you don't have peace and you don't have any joy and you're, and you just, and, you know, then, then something's messed up. you got to find the will of God. You're not, you had not found, you're there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. See, I'm telling you, this is all throughout the Word of God. How have we missed it? And I believe it's so important. And I think the, one of the things the Lord's shown me about children And raising children is so important to help them find uh, their destiny, that they have a vision. I think one of the things that, you know, parents want their kids to stay out of trouble. Every parent wants their their kids to stay out of trouble. It don't matter how much hell you raise as a kid, you still want your kid to stay out of trouble, right? I mean, isn't that how it is? And so um, um, we want our kids to stay out of trouble. Well, the Bible teaches there's just two things, I believe, that will keep your kid out of trouble. And one of them is the Word. Hallelujah. And so, and so, and uh, in it, it, Psalm 119, it talks about how the Word will keep a young man. And also, there's a scripture, y'all, very familiar scripture, but we've just memorized it and never thought about it, but it says, I have hid thy word in my heart that I might not, what? Sin. sin. When the Word gets hidden in kids' hearts, that's one of the thing, results that it has is they don't Sin. Hallelujah! They, you know, when one of the reasons is they'll start to sin, and the word'll kind of grab the word'll reach up and grab hold of them. I know we ex- I've experienced that where you'd start to sin, you you had the thought to sin, you even planned to, and you get right up to the edge of sin, and that word that was hidden in your heart. Oop just reach out there and grab you. It's so powerful to get the Word of God hidden in your kids' hearts, and we don't get enough of it hidden in their hearts in church. We try to hide the Word of God in their hearts. We work at hiding the Word of God in their hearts, but they need more hidden there in their hearts. One of the biggest blessings my kids ever had was going to Christian school, and in every pace or curriculum, packet of curriculum that they did, they had to memorize scriptures. And they got a lot of word, because so, every math packet, you had to memorize scriptures. By the end of the math packet, to pass the test on that packet of curriculum, you not only had to do the work, the, the academic work, but you had to be able to say, to do the, write the scripture out and uh, completely and so that was just part of it and that was in English that was in science and so a lot of word got hid in their hearts and they're not walking around quoting it all the time but whether they've known it or not the word has reached out and kept them many times rose up in their hearts so it's important we get a lot of word in our kids but the second thing that keeps a kid out of trouble is having a vision knowing their destiny early will really keep a kid on track and we see that even in the Olympics, that a lot of these kids have such a vision, such a destiny that they're just focused on one thing. They got such a focus. I think a lot of times we mess up when we expose our kids. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of good at, they're a little bit good in about five things instead of finding that one thing that they were really good at and pouring all their energy into that, that and getting them a vision. Hallelujah. And besides all that, that's how you get the gold you don't get the gold usually now we do every once in a while see a a crossover athlete who crosses from one sport over into another you see that occasionally but most of the time you don't see the gymnast going up there and doing the dives and you don't see the divers going down and and doing the pole vault right although last night there was a pole vault and gymnast I believe she got it too And uh, hallelujah. But see, they do it by having a vision that they're just so focused on. And it's like, well, they're so focused and their time is so focused on that that they don't have time to be in trouble. And they have a vision. They have something they want to accomplish. You can't go there on drugs. They throw you out of the Olympics on drugs, don't they? I mean, some of them do try that. Sin's everywhere. And, you know, there's not anything in the world like that. That's The only thing that's going to keep from sin is the Word. But those are things that help. Having a vision is the word, and it does help. Ecclesiastes five nineteen. Now Solomon wrote Ecclesiastic, and he's the wisest man that ever lived until Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was, of course, not even Solomon's not even in his class. Solomon wasn't even born again. And you know what? Solomon's not in your class either. Did you know that up until Jesus, Solomon was the wisest man. But now. You have Jesus living on the inside of you. You have the mind of Christ. You have his wisdom living on the inside of you. Solomon lost his place. But he said some wise things in his day. And he said this, every man, verse 19, every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. And God has a gift for us, and it's to to find our, our, our destiny, to find our there. And I'm going to read this to you from the Amplified Bible because it's really good there. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to read it to you from the NIV. It says, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them and be happy in his work, this is the gift of God. You know, I heard Emerald. Y'all know who Emerald is? Emerald Lagasse? Does anybody know who Emerald is? Does anybody watch TV? No. <laughs> y'all are so holy, y'all don't watch TV. Well, maybe you don't watch the Food Network, but that's one of the holier networks <laughs> that is on TV. So I watch it sometimes. Actually, I'm not a big Emerald fan. I mean, his cooking's not my style, you know. I'm more the I like that lady, Paula Dean, from over there in South Carolina. Charleston. She's from and she cooks country. Country cooking, now that's my style, hallelujah. And, uh, but he's kind of fancy for me, you know, them scallops and stuff. Like, we don't do scallops and things like that. But anyway, I listened to Emeril, and he said, you're born for a passion. He said, I never get up and think I'm going to work. I'm on a mission to make people happy, and my making people happy in life just happens to be about food. I heard him say that. And I thought, that is so powerful. And I just want to know, ask you this. Are you like him? Is it work or do you, you know, have you ever known anybody that, that had a business and maybe they worked 15 or 20 hours a day? And you think, I, and you look at that and boy, boy, I don't want to go into that business because they work 15 hours a day. But you know what? A lot of them don't know they're working. The reason they're there 15 hours a day is they don't know they're working. They're having fun. They're in their destiny. They're in their there and they're in their passion and they don't even know they're working. And that sounds like what Emerald said. I don't even, I don't ever think about I'm going to work. He said, I'm just going to make people happy and it just has to, happens to be about food. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, if you'll turn there. I think that we ought to make that our quest and our goal, that we would have, we would be so in our there that it wouldn't seem like work. Hallelujah, doesn't seem like work. Just enjoy it. Hallelujah. You know, and you say, well, you know, that would have to be some sort of special anointed kind of job, or you might even think I could be happy if I made what Emerald makes. It wouldn't matter what I was doing. I'd be happy if I was making what he made. I'd be happy if I made what Oprah makes. It wouldn't matter what I was doing. I could be happy. But you know that's not true. That is not true. It's not about money. When you find you're there, you won't even care if they pay you. Now, you need them to pay you because you need to pay some bills, but you won't even really care. And I know in our there, because there's been a lot of times we didn't get a paycheck, but it didn't matter. We didn't say, I'm not going to work this week. Bless God, the church didn't pay us. No, it didn't even matter because, hallelujah, we so know we're in our there. We so know we're in our vision. We so know. And, you know, we're just like, praise God. God will make it up. It don't matter. He'll make it up someday. We don't get it this week. That don't matter. We don't even think about it. Hallelujah. And that's what you need. That's not just for preaching. You know, there's a lot of preachers that don't feel like that. There's a lot of preachers that, man, if they, I've known some personally, that they are on the board if they don't get their salary. Hallelujah. But, you know, God showed us a long time ago, if the salary wasn't there, it was our fault. Because, see, it's not about y'all, it's about our faith. It's not about what you give, it's about what we give. It's about our seed and about our faith. And you know what? Your salary is not about your boss either. It's about your seed and it's about your faith. Amen. And you're not limited to what he pays you. He may say thousand dollars a month, but don't say don't say that's your limit. Hallelujah! It's according to your seed. It's according to your faith. Let it be done unto you according to your faith, Jesus said. Nothing will be impossible to him that can believe. What are you believing? If you believe I've got to make it on a $1,000 a month, you'll have to. What are you believing? Because see, it's according to your faith and it's according to what you believe. I personally believe in my harvest. I personally believe it's not according to, you know, um, it's, I, 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 I don't believe it's according to how many people are here. It took God a while for me to get my eye off the basket, but I got my eye off the basket. I used to worry about the basket, the the bucket now. It was the basket then. But I used to worry about it, but I don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. I, it don't matter to me. Hallelujah. Because my provision is in Him. I'm in Him, and you got to get in Him. Hallelujah. Because some of you owe so much that your job could never pay it off. You better get over on his system. Because he can pay it off. Amen. Glory to God. Are y'all in Jeremiah 29, 11? Of course, y'all know this well. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Listen to this in Moffat's. For keep in mind my purpose for you. A purpose of wealth. I like that. Not of woe. To let you have hope for the future. He has a purpose of wealth for every one of us. Hallelujah. Job thirty six nine. I like this. Job thirty six nine. You say, Well, I don't know how to find my destiny, my purpose, my my there. Well, listen to this. Job thirty six nine says, He showeth them their work. He showeth them their work. He showeth them their work and their transgressions that they have exceeded. Verse 11. We've been reading verse 11 in our offering for a while now. If they obey and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Let's put those verses together. He showeth them their work. And if they obey Him and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Uh, I, I want you to notice one thing. Some people don't find... Uh, their their place, their work, their destiny, they're there because of that little word in there. And it says, the the little word work. Because some people are looking for something that doesn't involve work, but everything God has involves work. Like, you know, did y'all remember Dobie Gillis and Maynard G. Krebs? And every time he heard the word work, he went work. And some Christians are like that. Work. No, it's like they don't want to work. But there's work. He showeth them their work. All of us have a work to do. I believe God calls nurses. I believe He calls doctors. I believe He calls teachers. I believe He calls undertakers. I'm certain He calls undertakers. You couldn't do it if you weren't called. And the people that are called, they can do it with grace. You know, there's a grace on you for your work. You know they are undertakers, and they have a grace on them if they're in the right profession. There's a grace on teachers if they're in the right profession, amen. There's a grace. I believe God calls. I, you know He's got he, I, he calls people to work in the food industry. You know He we He had to because we like to eat three times a day. You know I know that doesn't sound spiritual. That He calls people to be chefs and He calls people to be cooks, and you know He had to call different kinds because we all have a different palate. He called the sushi chef he could have skipped that one they were talking about Eric came home he said Deborah ate sushi he was you know we're kind of it's scary at our house the way we think think about stuff like I mean you got to understand Colin we went and out to dinner when he was little one time with some friends of ours and uh they ate oysters on the half shell he had to sit in the car he was the whole time for the whole meal he couldn't He couldn't stand it. He he can't even go in Red Lobster and eat because they got those lobsters in the fountain out there. I mean, he's just a sissy. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Y'all don't tell him everything I say. Anyway, but anyway, you know, God, we have different palates. We have different things we like. He has, you know, God calls artists. And, you know, I've noticed that when somebody's an artist, they can find a way to make a living doing it. And some of them make a really nice one, and on paintings that I think that is ugly. And they sell those things because why? God's given us all different tastes, and He's given all these things for us to enjoy. It's just amazing that God calls people to paint paintings just so we could enjoy them. I mean, that does that kind of that just puts God out there in a different dimension than we're used to. I mean, we, we can understand a nurse. We have to have them. We can, but he actually calls people to paint paintings just to lift our spirits, just to cause us to have something beautiful to put in our home. Amen. Amen. it's the truth. And so we find those places, um, that he shows them their work and he expects us to obey and serve so that we can spend our days in prosperity, um, uh, one thing you need to note out of these verses is God's faithful to show every man their work. You have been shown your work, whether you realize you've been shown or not. You've been shown already. And um, the prosperity there. I looked up that word prosperity in verse 11. If they obey and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity. You, won't, you, won't, you can't imagine what this verse, this, that word means. It means good in the widest sense. It means beautiful. They'll spend beautiful days. Hallelujah. Best. It means better. It means bountiful. Bountiful days. Cheerful. Man, I tell you, I don't know about you, this makes me want to get in, stay in, obey, and serve, and be in my destiny because it's a cheerful place. At ease. Favor. Glad. Graciously. Joyful kindly, loving, merry, most pleasant, prosper, sweet, wealth, welfare, and well-favored. That's how you spend your days when you find you're there and your place in Him. And He said spend your years, that word years is whole age. That's what it means, whole age. Spend your whole age. Pleasures in, in, in prosperity and your, in, what did He say, and in their years and pleasures. Pleasures means delightful, pleasant, sweet. Hallelujah. God's already picked out your assignment. He's already picked out your work, your life work. And so you don't decide your assignment, you discover it. Turn to Romans chapter 9, verse 11. Let's get all these scriptures in. I'm already convinced, but let's just top it off with some good scriptures here. Romans 9, 11. It says, For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Apply this scripture to your purpose in life. Even before you're born, not having done any good or evil, so it's not according to what you do, that the purpose of God according to election, say election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. There's somebody out there named God and he's called you. He's called you to something. Verse sixteen, it says, "So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy." You know, you can't will to be what you're not. You can't will. I just gonna. I just by. I'm just willing it. I am gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be a piano player. You know, it's in there or it's not. It's in there or it's not. You can't will it. Neither can you uh, run for it. He said you can't run for it. You can't earn it. You can only prepare for it. Now, if you, if it's in there, it does have to be prepared and it does have to be honed. It has to be uh, like a diamond. The diamond's in there, but it has to be polished. It has to be brought to life, and your gift is like that. So you can prepare for it, but you have to discover it by seeking God and then you prepare for it but you can't just decide hallelujah a lot of people have just decided but they decided things that God had already put in their heart they just may not even known it but God had already put it there and they decided to act on it your call and your assignment is divine it's divine it's divine some of you just need to get with the flow you need to accept and get in the flow Turn to... No, don't turn. Let me read. Because I want to read this from the Amplified. I'm going to read two verses from you the Amplified, and then we'll close. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 1 in the Amplified Bible. Verse 5. For He foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as His own children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the purpose of His will because it pleased him and was his kind intent so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace favor and mercy which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved you know he's got a purpose and he's got a will and um makes sense to me that if he foreordained and planned us to be his children that he didn't just drop us after he got us to be his children but he has a further plan For us to carry out in life. In Ephesians 2 verse 10 in the Amplified. It's so powerful in this Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined planned beforehand for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them living the good life. Which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Living the good life. Walking those paths. You know, instead of having to forge a new path, walking those paths. What did he say? That he's prepared ahead of time. That's a lot easier, isn't it? That's a whole bunch easier. Walking the path he prepared ahead of time. Living the good life. Are you living the good life this morning? Let's pray. Father, I ask you for every person that's been here today and heard these words, these precious scriptures. Father, that you will unfold and reveal the destiny, the purpose, the plans, the paths. And Lord, you said in Job, you showeth every man his work. So show the work. And Lord, if we've missed it, hadn't seen it, been asleep, hadn't wanted to know, for whatever reason, now we do. And Lord, if we've just been vague and thoughtless and just not paying attention, Father, catch us up to speed. Show us the plan. Show us the destiny. Show us the work that you've called us to do. Lord, if we've been one of those that that just didn't even know that it was that precise, thought if we just lived godly, that was enough. Lord, catch us up to speed. Bring us to that place. Show us. Unfold these things to us. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. And Father, if though if there are those in this congregation that that they that they've been preparing for something, but they're not it's not time for them and their purpose, their complete purpose. Lord, I thank you for showing that. So that we're not riding a treadmill that's not going anywhere. Show us how to wait on you and how to be sensitive to your timing. Lord, we give you praise and glory for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for revelation in this place. Thank you for life in this place. Thank you, Father, for our spiritual purposes coming to light and being revealed. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.